everyone to another rousing round of Hollywood Deep Dive. If this is your first time being with us, we are a monthly movie podcast. And how we work is that we put our hands or our movie choices in the fate of a bingo ball roller. And we discuss the films um, and careers of different actors depending on who we get on a monthly basis. So each month we pick a new actor and we deep dive as much as we can into their career over the course of five movies. Uh, my name is Nicole Cabrera. I am one of your main hosts. And around me I have my lovely panel of other co-hosts. Um, so let's introduce them. Um, across from me we have Jason. Jason, how are you? And tell me about a movie you were obsessed with when you were a child. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, hi, Jason. Uh, you know, run on no sleep. Uh, I ran, I did, um, I, what's the movie that I was obsessed with? Oh, I used to have the VCR programmed, uh, when I watched The Lion King on a, on a VHS, okay? The, the, literally my parents had to program the VCR to rewind as soon as the movie was over because I would want to watch it again when I was five. So I saw that movie about maybe like a couple times a day, like, oh like, like just so like it was embedded in my brain. Oh, wow. And so the new one was so disappointing when I'm like, okay, I'll just go watch the old one because there's no reason to watch the new one. I mean, I feel the same. Yeah. Yeah. We're just going to leave that there. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag doesn't need a remake. Has, hashtag too real. <laughs> okay. Do not play with your pop socket. <laughs> Anyways, um, so beside Jason, we have our friend Sam. Sam, tell us a movie that you were obsessed with when you were a child. Hmm. Hi, I'm running on two coffees. Hi. Movie I was obsessed with as a kid. I don't really have one that I was super obsessed with until like I got to a certain age, and for some reason, when I was like twelve, I decided to be obsessed with Alex Ryder for good. Two years. Yeah. That's why it's embarrassing times. Don't mean to interrupt here. Who is Alex Ryder? It's a movie based off a book series that should really end and has yet to end. It's, I, I, but I, I've never, I've it's, never heard oh, of it. Oh, you've never heard of it? Never okay. heard of it. Okay, so it's basically this kid who gets taken by the MI6 to become a spy. Okay, that story. After his dad. <laughs> well, no, his parents are already dead by this point, but his uncle gets killed by Yasin Nororich, who is an international assassin, basically. So you have hot two seconds of Ewan McGregor before he gets murdered by Damian Lewis. Interesting. Pre-Doctor Sleep Days. Pre-Doctor Sleep Days. Yeah, so that was a very interesting movie. Sounds like like the doctor will put me to sleep on that one. (laughs) It's actually not a bad movie, because it has a ridiculous cast, like an insane cast, like Mickey Rourke's even in it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes me want to see it. Come on. <laughs> Shots fired. Anyway. The wrestler and then nothing. On, don't you hear about me anymore? Back to our vendor. <laughs> uh, Jordan, how about you? What was a movie that you were obsessed with as a child? Um, looking back, I think the weirdest one for me was probably Rat Race. <laughs> you were obsessed. With rats? I, I don't know why. I remember that. <laughs> I, I don't know why I was obsessed with it. Like, it was just, like, as a kid, you know, so many of the jokes went over my head, but it was just funny just seeing, like, the physical comedy of everything that happened in that Have movie. you watched it since and now yes. understand the jokes? Yes, I actually watched it. Like, I noticed it was on Netflix, like, three weeks ago. <laughs> and I watched it again. And it, I'm just like, 
so many of these things went over. <laughs> that used to run on TBS like every day. I swear to God, that used to be back when TBS was like you know actually a thing. Like that was on the channel like every day, like two p.m. They played again at five p.m. They played again at nine p.m. Because apparently this is the only movie that people watch on TBS well, the channel. It did have a lot of celebrities. Big name. It has a lot of celebrities. Yeah, that's fair. I, I haven't oh. seen the original of that. What's so. yours? Um, so I was obsessed with two movies as a kid. I was obsessed with The Nightmare Before Christmas, which I rented every week from the library until my mother was like, enough! <laughs> she said, you already know how it ends! <laughs> um, in that voice. Yeah. And because she'd be like, pick a movie. I'd be like, oh, be like, KK. And then I would just gravitate to that one. She's like, we've already seen it. Like, this is like time 54. And I was like, but I love it. <laughs> and then um, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Which I, I feel is like, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> Which I feel like is critically underappreciated. And some people at this table only just saw it last year. Because they acted forced up. Do not, oh boy, my favorite movie. It's a good movie, for the record. It is a very good movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. Um, it was fine. I enjoyed it. It was a little bit of a fever dream, but it was good. You have not seen Cool World, then. It's a victim of its. It's a victim of how good technology has gotten, but you can't forget that it pioneered basically everything in modern oh, visual yeah. effects. Oh yeah, the, the special. Like I'm not one to watch like the making of. Mm-hmm. For that one, it's fantastic. It's unbelievable. Show how they were able to get the actors to interact with them, and the actors do a really good job of mm-hmm. interacting with these cartoon characters more so than some modern day actors do with green totally. screen. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was kind of my favorite. Um, so anyway, so moving on. Um, so like I said, uh, we are a monthly movie podcast. So a bit of a disclaimer. Um, we are here just to discuss the arts of these actors. So we do not uh, judge these people based on whoever they may be in real life. We're just here for entertainment purposes and to talk about them as actors. Um, so please do not send us a hate mail. I don't like this actor. Um, feel free to avoid them, but we are just here to discuss them on a uh, entertainment value basis only. Um, so another disclaimer, we are a uh, we are all adults in the room, so no, there will be swearing. Um, so if you're uncomfortable with that, please be aware. Let's get into who we're going to be talking about this week. Um, so Jason, why don't you start us off with oh, okay. who you were looking at and what movies you watched? Well, I was looking at John's Ham, better known as John Ham. Uh, he's had a bit of a he's had a bit of a short career. His first role, he is credited as, and I want to make sure that I get this correct because it is a very technical name for the role that he had. He is the gorgeous guy at bar in Ali in Ali McDeal in Ali McBeal back in nineteen ninety seven. I mean, so you're, you're not wrong. No, well, I mean, well, imagine nineteen ninety seven John Ham. Nobody well, knew him then. Yeah, he would have been extremely handsome. Hey, guess guys, that was twenty two years ago. Shut up. <laughs> Moving on. Twenty two years ago. And then he and then he did he he was in a lot of small roles. You know, Young Pilot Number Two. We all remember him from Space Cowboys. You know, apparently he was in that. Uh, he was in We Were Soldiers. You know, directed by Mel Gibson, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but the first one I sort of want to talk about that he was in, I guess, big time was. In terms of all of the things that are here, he was in Mad Men was his big breakout first, really. I mean, that's the one where we all, I'm pretty sure that's going to be his signature role for the rest of his career, unless something else big comes along. Because, <laughs> you know, Brian Cranston had Malcolm in the Middle, and then he had Breaking Bad, which is now another <laughs> iconic, you know, role of his. So, if John Hamm has another great television role, I think that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, skip, the dishes, skip the dishes. Skip the, the dishes. Right skip now. the dishes. Skip the dishes. 
for those Americans watching uh, or listening because you can't see us. Um, Skip the Dishes is basically uh, it's a delivery service to your to your home, like a lot of other delivery services, and he has decided to take a role in that. Uh, acting like he's a completely useless... A wannabe Canadian. A wannabe Canadian, which is really funny. <laughs> Make yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And then, uh, I think the reason why he's so good at Mad Men is because I think he obviously has the look down of what all those, you know, suits in the 50s sort of, you know, looked like and stuff. Um, but I think what, what is more into the role is how complex the movie, uh, the show goes with the times. Like, you know, because it goes over a couple of decades. Um, and I think his role changes throughout the show and he goes down a couple of really dark paths in terms of advertising. Obviously there's a lot of, you know, sexist going, sexism and, and sexist themes going on in the show in terms of <laughs> the times changing and the advertising, of course, being very sexist and also changing for the times when there's some uprising against it and things like that. So I honestly think that that's going to be sort of his role that sort of defines him forever because of how well the show was received and also because of that was one of his first major roles. And obviously, it's, it's difficult to break out of the first major role being a multi-season show, because a lot yeah. of people remember you for that many years and see you and that many things. Um, but he, throughout the time he was doing Mad Men, he did take a couple of interesting roles. He did uh, a really good supporting role for The Town, which is directed by Ben Affleck. Uh, ben, ben Affleck, I guess I could save him for another show, but he's an okay actor. He's a pretty good director, though, in my opinion. He's a I like, better director. I think he's a better director, yeah. I agree with that. Um, it's he's he's the FBI guy hunting down the guy role. There's not really too much that's com- complicated about the role. It's just him, you know, being. Uh, oh, he he left a, a clue at Fifth and Johnson. Now he's going to rob the bank on Seventh and Johnson. So we should be there to should be there to stop him. I, I I guess I get so annoyed at some of these FBI roles because there's just not much that they can do with them. They're just they're the guys that are there to move the plot forward. Unlike the you know? CIA role, which we'll get into when we get to my guy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, like those are more interesting, but like when you're just the FBI guy who's, you're not the main focus of the plot, you're just hunting the guy who's the main focus of the yeah. plot. There isn't much room for you to do much in terms of acting aside from, we're going to get this son of a bitch, and that's going to be... <laughs> That's going to be it, right? Yep. Uh, and then he did, he also did a movie called Million Dollar Arm, which was... That looked cheesy as it lo- hell. It, it, I, it, it was very, very cheesy as hell. He's, I, love, I love how Americanized it is, too, because the whole plot of it, he's like, oh, he's, an, he's a sports agent who isn't signing anybody, and oh, no, what are we going to do? Let's go to India where there's a billion people, and we'll find someone. Like, that's the plan. We'll just, we'll find someone in these billion people who's good, and he finds up a guy plays cricket uh instead of baseball but he can throw the ball really fast because he plays cricket and they have a different you know thing and it's always him like oh i can't believe india's like this and it's supposed to be this cultural eye-opening stuff and it's just oh disney oh i don't don't know i mean let me see if there's anybody else too big but i don't think there's anybody else too large because it was just him on the poster being advertised as like the as old, if he was playing as if he was is his name is like his character name is also JB like he doesn't even get a real name either What's it's like JB like that's his name like, you know <laughs> like Beams. yeah uh, yeah Lake Bell Bill Paxton has a small role Alan, Alan Arkin's in it briefly and then it's a lot of Indian actors as well um, I think trying she, to break out like Dev Patel did yeah sort uh, of there, and I don't know any of these guys so I'm assuming that oh, didn't go um, well I said 
Mendes. As Acid Mendy. Yeah, he's in it. Yeah, he's. I, he kind of broke out. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. There's a main, one of the main guys is a Pitto Bash. I'm not sure who that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, maybe we'll do a deep dive on him someday. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just a very by the numbers Disney feel good because you're in America and you like this movie. Movie. <laughs> it's very. <laughs> it's so. It's such manufactured nonsense. I, I guess. I guess you could compare it a bit to the Blind Side. I guess, but. You know, even even it like like you know, Blindside gets a lot of criticism, but like even that's at least there's like I guess a little bit better acting than there is in this movie. It's not it's not that John Hamm's bad. It's just that the script's so bad that it'll make everybody who's because Alan Arkin's obviously a great actor. Bill Paxton's obviously a great actor, but everybody looks bad when the script's bad. You know what I mean? So, um, so moving on from that, he did um after that he uh he did a really good movie, which was a good choice for him in my opinion. Which is, I wish he did more roles like this in Baby Driver. Yes. Yeah, which is which is a good movie on its own. Um, but he plays a more interesting guy. He's sort of an off the wall kind of criminal who's involved in the heists and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And I just like how unpredictable his character is, which is what makes the thing exciting. Sometimes he's off on his own. Sometimes he's with um, his female counterpart. Yep. Sometimes he's involved directly in the heist themselves, so he has to work with everybody else. But he's not really thrilled about it. Mm-hmm. I just think that when you when you're trying to build a career, I think it's always great if you're an actor who's big and you're you're picking you can do you can do blockbuster movies like it's nothing. You can sign to do any blockbuster. But if you take these smaller roles with really talented directors like Edgar Wright and stuff like that, Adam Drive is a really good example of a guy who picks like really great roles with small and big directors, uh, to sort of get his name out there and stuff. But I I wish more of these were for John Hamm. He's obviously a very talented actor, and Baby Driver's a good use of his talent because he is a very he can be a very assholey character. He can be a very dangerous character. He can be a very unpredictable character. And I just I really liked him in Baby Driver. He practices assholery in Mad Men. Like, yes, he, no. he he does <laughs> he practice. He, he does practice assholery in Mad Men, which is why I think that I wish <laughs> he he was more of that in Baby Driver. None of this none of this tag nonsense oh you know, Shush. You know. Shush. Uh, <laughs> so here's a disclaimer i know that like everyone raves about mad men i've never actually watched a single episode oh dare you can hear the hush come over the crowd so basically what she said since it didn't get picked up on the mic is that she's never seen it everyone shame her and then send us some messages so we can get her to watch it we've been trying hey, for years hey i became a fan of john ham outside of mad men so i think mm. that just made more merit I didn't jump on the bandwagon no, like everyone that's else. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying is you need to appreciate this show. I didn't appreciate it, but I also heard that it drags like a son of a bitch. First season, yes, because it was getting... Oh, no, I heard the later seasons, it's like it goes on and on hmm. and on and I don't Talk know. Talk to my grandparents. They will disagree with you. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. There's Talk lots. to my grandparents. They'll disagree with I, you. I think that I've heard that... There's some slow parts in the show throughout, but like apparently it ends pretty well. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, okay. there you go. There's a reason to watch. Isn't that the worst thing when a show ends horribly? Yes. Game of Thrones. I mean, anyways. So <laughs> um, I know you just say bad that. movies. <laughs> I don't know. Bad TV shows slash movies. Uh, uh, why why did Game of Thrones be only six episodes? There's many questions that we'll never have answers to, and they'll just haunt us forever. Who's still watching Game of Thrones in 2019? Nobody. The show is over. The show is over. Nobody's watching it anymore. It's done. It's dead and buried, and everybody's going to forget it. Anyways. Until the sequel, prequel, trequel comes out. Actually, they, um, they actually canceled the prequel, and now they've made a new one with directors of the Game of Thrones running the show now. So think about how bad you had to have messed up Game of Thrones that not only did you get kicked off by the new Star Wars trilogy, 
But now you're now you've got your own prequel to your own show canceled, and now somebody else is doing the prequel and everything. Well, anyways, I just thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, they got into a whole bunch of trouble oh. after with that because uh, they said they didn't know what they were doing or something like that, and never hired anyone. And so let's move back on to John's. Yes, ham. absolutely, John's ham. John's yes, ham. the all important John's ham. Now available in stores everywhere. Um, <laughs> yeah, but no, Baby Driver is a, is a really good movie. You should definitely check it out. I don't know what you guys thought about the final act of that movie, but I really wasn't a fan of the last third of it. Oh, I really liked it. Because I really I, it. overall, I really liked the movie, but I really thought it turned into cliches for the last third. But like, that's just me. I did have some cliches, but I didn't necessarily mind it. Okay. I enjoyed... Okay, disclaimer, I love action films, so anytime like there's a really <laughs> intense uh, action scene, I am very happy blame my grandmother mm-hmm. no absolutely no the movie is very good at action scenes because it even sets them to music which is even more incredible mm-hmm. the soundtrack Definitely. is probably one of the best in the last couple of years that takes movie. that takes so much coordination to figure out how, how you're going to edit with songs oh my god it's mm-hmm. it's pretty amazing um but the last thing we're going to check out with uh Ma- um Mad i was going to say madman that's how <laughs> that's how much of an icon he is with the mad man <laughs> the madman john's ham um <laughs> Uh, is Good Omens, where he plays, oh, he, he basically plays the head of heaven, is uh, the, the, the easiest way of putting it. And yet again, an asshole. And yet again, an <laughs> asshole, sensing a theme, <laughs> sensing a theme. Can you just, uh, like, uh, like you know, surprise people where John Hamm's the nice guy? Um, I actually have a theory about that. Okay. I feel like every time he plays a good guy, he dies incredibly fast. Okay. So, for example, if anyone's ever seen Bad Times at the El Royale, He's like a good guy FBI agent, (laughs) and spoiler alert, they blow him away in the first 20 minutes of the movie. And I was just like, but he's coming back, right? But he's not dead, right? And I'm like, this movie fucking sucks. Did, did you really... So. Okay, I, for those of you that have seen the death scene in the movie, did you really think he was coming back I after that? No. They blew... weird, weird thing going They blew on. him 30 feet out the front door with a shotgun. He's dead. I was he, optimistic. Nicole, he's dead. I was optimistic. Nicole, he's dead. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yes. Uh, so, and good omens. It, it, again, I'm, 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 it's it's difficult because again, he's not the main focus of the movie. He has picked a lot of supporting roles since he did Mad Men. I will say, I'd like to see him in another leading role because he did. Obviously, Million Dollar Arm isn't exactly the best use of his leading role talent. <laughs> oh my god! No. Yeah, million dollar movie. That's probably all it costs to it's make the thing. Probably cost more than a million dollars. Yeah. Well, Disney marketing, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's it's probably doing great on VOD. Um, but but I just, I just, I just think that if he did more leading roles he'd probably be better because like he's always the supporting guy or the fourth guy out of the big team of four or whatever I just think it'd be better if he did that but in good omens it's good um, the show is interesting I I watched only the pilot of it just because I was a little bit short on time um, it's it's an interesting show and I watched the clips of him where he's also in heaven talking to Michael Sheen and everything like that um, poor Michael Sheen poor Michael Sheen. <laughs> Um, it's 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 a role that doesn't have too much meat on it. It's good. He's just being an asshole in heaven. The whole like it's a bit of a satire of people in heaven being a little bit jerks, you know. Like, but there's not too much. There's not too much to really expand on about that. In terms of what he's done this year, I think it's pretty interesting. I saw Lucy in the Sky at TIFF, which nobody has liked except me. I was okay with the movie, I heard but it was but but no, it's it's over directed to the max. And John Hamm again plays the asshole. He's 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 the he's the astronaut. My theory stands. Yeah, yeah. By the way. He will be forty forever, um, <laughs> as long as he plays the assholes. Uh, he plays the like uh, one of the other astronauts who Natalie Portman has an affair with. Uh, that's not a spoiler because that's in the trailer. Um, 
uh, because he's also has that feeling of like things don't really make sense down on Earth anymore um, because um, you know he's been up in space for so long and same thing with Natalie Portman she comes back down is a little bit confused by everything and it's I think that part of the movie is what makes it interesting but there's just so much other garbage that just weighs the movie down I can totally see why people didn't like it but um, I was definitely okay with it but it definitely isn't a great movie or anything like that and he's also in a bunch of movies that are coming out including the reports with uh you know adam driver about the you know the tortures by the cia that was uncovered and he's gonna be in the the jesus rolls movie what? uh that's the <laughs> sequel to big lebowski do you guys not know about this yeah so it's called the jesus rolls it's gonna be directed by john tatro it's about the jesus you know the guy in all in purple who bowls yeah at the thing so it's gonna be about him huh. and that's... and you can decide if that's good or bad but he's gonna be in it um he was in the between two ferns movie that came out on netflix recently he's gonna be in top gun maverick next year which you only uh, die first which <laughs> yeah he'll be dead in the first 20 minutes yeah um and you mentioned bad times the l royale um i was mixed on I the movie so i think there's some i think there's some great scenes and I think that the movie just doesn't come together at all, no. in my opinion. But may but I make a recommendation. Sure. Um, from his. If career. you say tag, I'll be so mad. <laughs> I do enjoy tag. However, if oh, you do have a hot. chance to watch a movie called Marjorie Prime with him. Marjorie Prime. Okay. So Marjorie Prime is about is basically in the future, and we can create AI versions of people that passed away. So he plays the young version of a woman's dead husband. Oh, I've heard about so, this movie, And actually. he lives in her house, and she basically interacts with him. And like he remembers everything that she's told him about her husband. And it's basically the relationship she has with him. Hmm. Oh, that sounds um, interesting. And, but like, you know, her daughter's like, you know, that's not really dad. You shouldn't be talking to him. And um, it's a... But it's a very interesting dynamic and super interesting to kind of see. He's a great leading role in that. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much John's ham. John's hams. Man, I, I'm going <laughs> to... This is all your fault. This is all your fault. I'm going to start calling him that now. That would be our first set of merchandise. Oh, John's man. ham. John's ham. On he a shirt. It probably already sells it. Anyways. Coming soon to 2020. Yeah. If John it's... Ham, want to work in a partnership? Hey, John Ham, want to be on our podcast? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He would. He yeah. would. We, we just bring like a giant ham roast for him and just put it on the middle of the table. Just put, just put John in like a little spike in the middle of it. Don't listen to him, Mr. Ham. You're more than welcome to our podcast. Yeah. Well, that doesn't mean he's not welcome. I'm just saying we'll welcome here with the ham. With the ham. Yeah. I mean, you know, be like the Grinch holiday ham. Oh, that God. size. Anyways, that's it for John Ham. He's had pretty, you know, a relatively short career compared to other people that we're going to talk about. So that's it. Okay, awesome. Um, so let's move on to Jordan. Jordan, who did you have this month? All right, so I got super lucky pick, and I got Harrison Ford. Woo! So I want my family back. <laughs> <laughs> so most of my experience with Harrison Ford has mainly been with Star Wars and Indiana Jones. So mainly more so Star Wars, but <laughs> so it was. <laughs> it was um. Very good to get to see some of his other roles, um, see what he does outside of being Han Solo and Indy. So uh, we'll start off with Blade Runner. Yes. Great movie. So I, um, it's weird. So I watched the movie. I was, I was kind of into it, um, but it was, there like it, it was weird. Like I was watching it, but I wasn't 
like I liked what I saw, but I was I didn't feel like pulled into the movie like I thought I was going to be because I've heard a lot of praise for this movie. But then when I'm when I was writing my notes for the movie, I, I it sounded like I really liked it. Mm. Like like I liked the plot, I liked the setting, I liked the um like the the conflict of the replicants and the blade. Well, okay, well, I guess I'll, I'll just briefly explain. So Harrison Ford's character's name is um, Rick Deckard, and he's what's called a Blade Runner. So he is um, searching for illegal replicants, which are essentially um, artificial humans created um, that you can't really, that like are almost seamless apart from real humans. And the main way they tell them apart is by doing this sort of emotional response quiz. Um, to find out if they're a replicant or not. So he um, left the job, but um, there's a group of replicants who are on the run who recently who killed another Blade Runner, and he's been brought back on to, into duty to find them. Um, so I think he did a, a great job in this movie. He was um, it was very um, how should I say like it's. It's kind of like, uh, I'm not sure how to... <laughs> was this your first time seeing it? Yeah. This oh, okay. This, expi- <laughs> this explains why. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a tough movie to watch the first time. Yeah, like, I definitely feel like I need to watch it again because yeah. it's like, it was, it was a very interesting movie. To it's unlike a lot of things that are out there, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know that it actually, when it came out, it initially was a commercial failure. Big. Yeah. Like, so. big. Yeah, and then it gained its cult status later. I can definitely see why. Yeah, but originally, like, it tanked, and it tanked hard. Uh-huh. Like, it hurt really Scott a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, he just did He just did Alien. He was fine. Oh, it's your point taken. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but... Yeah, he was good. Um, but, yeah, no. Uh-huh. I, I totally get why you're kind of, like, searching for the right word for it. It's a bit like yeah. if you watch 2001 A Space Odyssey the first time. You don't really know what to think of it. It just sort of comes at you, and you sort of have to take it all in. You know? Yeah. It's kind of like at the end, you're like, what the hell did I just watch? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I liked it, but I'm confused. Because, like, he was, like, it felt like he was kind of, like, if it was Han Solo, but without that extra level of charisma he has I guess but like it's but still fits Harrison Ford's he's, character he's in the movie he's kind of crotchety yeah like he's a crotchety old man even when he was younger he and, hates everybody I don't blame him either and actually I thought it because I was looking to the movie and apparently there was like people were discussing whether they thought he was a replicant and I thought maybe that was kind of like what they were playing towards but it seems like everyone who worked on this movie has a different idea of whether or not so, that was intentional or so not. the answer is is that he is he is yeah apparently that's that's what Ridley Scott said yes. that was so the intention that's resolved in 2049 as well yeah, so it is. oh okay so spoilers and now I know the plot yeah. <laughs> this is Blade, <laughs> so this is Blade Runner 2049 well, well they never explicitly year. say or not but I guess now in the sequel they, it, that's answered they're, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. pretty much said it and if you haven't okay. and, and if you haven't seen the movie I mean what are you why are you listening to us seriously <laughs> Blade Runner is I a, amazing yes I, I yes we know we I already saw we, it four times in theaters well I didn't say what how the movie ended so that's the main part i want to talk about that okay. yeah the, the movie the movie is less about plot and more about the interesting things that happen most definitely yeah. and rucker howard no, oh rest, so good. rest in peace so good. Um, so fucking phenomenal. one of the best monologues one of the best monologues at the end yeah and i think he he kind of like did it on his own or he, had, he did like, he did, like a couple it? of the lines yeah, yeah. 
Um, but yeah, no, he's written this. Harrison Ford has written this. Yeah. Yeah, no definitely question. enjoyed it. So I'm gonna have to give that a go again and then watch the sequel. Mm-hmm. So moving on um, to Air Force One. <laughs> so I really enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> You're just waiting to do that, weren't you? I know all the lines. I know all the lines. So when I first heard that he was so in this movie, he plays um, President James Marshall, who's the president of the United States. Uh, so I, so just because like this was um, my um, so I watched this like right after well. A little bit, a very. I took a break after Blade Runner, and then I watched Air Force One. I thought I was still in the sort of um, sci-fi mindset at the time, so it was kind of weird seeing him being the president now, of the United States. But then, like within the first like couple minutes, like where they're getting ready to board the plane, he's talking to everyone. It just felt very natural. Like I, he, he, it felt like he fit that role perfectly, especially when the um, hijacking starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in this movie, he's um, he's the president of the United States. Um, he's on an airplane called Air Force One uh, that's supposed to be the most secure plane, um, but it gets hijacked um, by terrorists, and um, he's the only one who can save the people on board. So there's a, there's a lot of tension in this movie. I think he did a great job. Like he, like in the movie, like he's um, uh, he has he had like he he was in the army, so he has tra- training, and but he it doesn't feel. He doesn't feel like, um, um, well, in video game terms, you would say overpowered. Like, it feels very, like, like there's a lot of back and forth. Like, like he's, um, like, he's able to evade capture. He gets captured, and it goes back and forth a lot in that sense, and it feels, um, it ha- that helps build the tension. Like, I feel like they did that very well. Mm. Um, he, um. I mean, like, get off my plane. That's yeah, <laughs> he has a lot of good one-liners lines. in yeah, this movie. I'm gonna be honest, I actually completely forgotten this movie. Yeah, 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 and it's yeah. not that it's a bad movie in any regards of the word, but all I remember is to get off my plate. <laughs> it's, it's a very, it's an old, it. it's an old fashioned actually that doesn't get made a lot anymore because uh-huh. it's very like old style. It's a little bit like Die Hard on a plane, I guess. In a, yeah. in, a, in a little bit of respect. No, it really is. It's like one man against the world. Everybody else is always taken hostage and stuff yeah. like that. And he's the one who can get him out of the situations. Mm-hmm. And, you know. And, uh, yeah, just a, it's a very old-fashioned 90s action movie mm-hmm. that does exactly what it wants to do. So. Yeah, now it must be a team yeah. effort when you take on the world. Team effort, mm-hmm. people? Yes, <laughs> Air Force 2. <laughs> one plus one. Makes the world go right. That's their tag. The, like the sequel we'll two. never get. Air Force Two. <laughs> I mean, never say never. I mean, no, this is a sequel do. we hope we never yeah. get. They'll do Air Force. <laughs> the, no, they'll do a remake. They won't do a sequel. They'll just do it again. Uh, no, seriously. They'll do, no, seriously. They'll make somebody else be the president, right? Air Force One, and then they'll have the famous line at the end. You'd be like, Yeah, we got to see whoever a big actor is at the Jamie time, Channing Tatum. Say get off my plane or whatever, because he'll be like you no, know, the right age. No, Jamie Foxx, and then uh, his helper is Channing Tatum. You, Just let's you can't see me that right is now, but I'm eye rolling so hard. <laughs> and you actually like that I movie. do, but I don't need a sequel or a remake or a prequel of no, Air Force the, One. Never mind. White, well, White House Down. White House. <laughs> that's down. my life. Seriously, <laughs> that's what I was talking about. Yeah. That is one. that is so crim- so in... criminally underrated. I love that. Yeah, movie. almost oh, great. Yeah. So before moving on, just quick shout out to the supporting to the other cast that movie because even without even the scenes without Harrison Ford like the scenes at the White House where it's like Glenn Close is the vice president like talking to the rest of the team like trying to like coordinate how they're 
like to, to fulfill the terrorist demands, but also trying to get the hostages off, like all of that. That it was that was a great movie. I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. All right, so going on to the next movie, so um, so we're gonna jump into a different um, genre with Witness. So in this movie, um, Harrison Ford is um, plays a police officer named John Book, who um, he is um, called in when. Um, a young child, an Amish boy, um, witnesses a crime. Um, and the person killed with another police officer, so he's very invested in this case. He um, talks to the boy, and the boy is traveling with his mother. Um, they just want to leave. They don't want anything to do with, because they don't, they just, they were going to go visit um, another Amish community, their family. And um, what ends up happening is, um, he begins to um, suspect that it's an inside job, and once he finds out that it was an inside job, and now he's in danger, he's forced to go into hiding. Um, so what he what he planned on doing was dropping off the Amish boy and his mother at their community and then leaving. But he's too he he got shot, um, and he ends up staying there with them. Um, so he goes into hiding there. Um, so this was um, this was a very interesting movie. I thought he did a good job in this one as well. It was interesting seeing Harrison Ford in Amish clothing. <laughs> hey, he got nominated for an Oscar for this movie. So mm-hmm. did he really? Yeah, oh. he didn't I win. Just, yeah. was, um, one thing I thought was very interesting was that like he wasn't like he was very like I find usually in movies where like someone is forced to live in an Amish community, they're like against it the whole nine yards but in this movie the only thing he really seemed against was just getting up super early like he was willing to like help them with the uh, with the farm work with the animals um I mean, and same i'm also against getting <laughs> up early so he's not wrong yeah. yeah i'll just sleep in the hay till like you know maybe 11 <laughs> maybe 12 and then i'll leave the farm because i'd never be on a farm <laughs> i wouldn't be on a farm in the first place i mean i'd be there to pet the animals so that would be yeah, like maybe. It. Yeah. Maybe get some milk. You know, like, yeah, like even the scene where he's reap all the benefits of the farm, but <laughs> never work on it. Is that's the concern? I just want to yeah. pet animals. So reap yeah. the benefits. Okay. That works. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't mind feeding them too. Oh, or feeding them. Yeah, and then that's about not locking yeah. their stables. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do it if I like. I spend like a whole day like petting a goat or something. At least I can just clean up after it. Yeah, it's not got paid. Maybe I do. Yeah, so he has a cute little um, romance with the boy's Ooh. mom while he's there. Saucy. Um, Played by Kelly McGillis, if I'm not yep. mistaken, right? From yep. Top Gun. She had another movie. movie. Oh my god, did she? Wow, that's wild. I didn't know that. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, so it was very, um, like, I liked how it was, like, very slow and gradual. It wasn't like they first met and then boom. It happened. Like, it was just, like, she's caring for him. Like they just slowly get to know each other a bit better, and then like and then things happen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, actually, there's actually a scene where like the tension is there. Like you can tell, like they're just staring at each other, and then it just it just goes to him in in the bed alone. Like because <laughs> because it's like a conflict because like he's not Amish and she is, and mm. so it's kind of like if something were to happen, either he would need to give up everything and stay there. Or she would need to give up everything and leave. So, because, like, well, actually, so the movie opens with her husband's death. So, like, she's a widower. So, it's kind of like, 
Yeah, so okay. they, mm. yeah, so like they they're both like aware, like they they acknowledge their feelings, but they're both aware of their different worlds. So I'm not going to spoil how it ends, but um, it was um, it it was very well done. I, I'd say mm. like um, yeah, the movie was directed by Peter Weir. <laughs> He's done so many good movies. Mm-hmm. Dead poets, Truman Show, Dead Poets oh, Society. Yeah. This guy's a very good director. I love everything. I pretty much love everything that I've seen from Peter Weir. So. <laughs> Um, so going on to next, we're gonna t- is um, Patriot Games. Yes. yes. So, Sean Bean. <laughs> yep. I already. What happened to Sean Bean at the end of the movie? Yeah, Everyone dies. Yes. <laughs> Shocker. Spoilers. Major spoilers. If you have not seen Patriot Games, you know, a you're like twenty year twenty years late to the party. Which was awesome. me. <laughs> but I really enjoyed. <laughs> I wish I'd seen it earlier. But also. Don't be shot if you're like, hey, you're spoiling what happens to Sean Bean. Eight or twenty years late, be Sean Bean. That's all you need to know. <laughs> if he lives, it's a miracle. Jupiter ascending. Oh, what did and you it was bad. That? The movies that he lives in are bad. Think See, about it for a minute. It's like the John, It's like the John Hamm conspiracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he's good, he dies. Yeah. This is the same thing that's happening with Sean Bean. Except it's, it affects the movie a lot. I see you, Hollywood. I see what you're doing. <laughs> all right, so when someone pulls Sean Bean, we already know how all the movies end. Yeah. Yes, of course. <laughs> it's just going to be called Death. I mean, Sean Bean. <laughs> Patriot Games is great, though. Yeah, I, still yeah, think I really it's great. enjoyed that one. I still uh, think it's great. How was his acting in it? Uh, very good. He's uh, So he's, this movie plays Jack Ryan. Um, so or is it John Ryan? John Ryan. <laughs> Real name John, nickname Jack. <laughs> a lot of I John and Jack names he's done in these movies. I, I was confused he's a bit because I'm not I wasn't familiar with uh, with the with Tom Clancy's series, so I was confused uh. why they kept switching between Jack and John in the movie. I'm like, is this like a movie <laughs> or something? And like, but then we I found out that yeah, his, so his birth name's John, and then Jack's just his name. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't even notice that they did that in the movie. Did they? No, neither did I. People he's beat up in movies compared okay. to John Let's Krasinski. Let's be age Harrison Ford. If they're the no, same no, no. age. No, 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 no. no, no, no I'm no, talking no. about right now. right now. Absolutely right now. I'm talking about <laughs> no. I still think that Harrison Ford could win. Okay, Harrison Ford would crash his plane into John Krasinski. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Ryan's new, Jack Ryan's new tragedy. There's a plane coming. It's like a whole episode of him running north by northwest down the highway with Harrison Ford coming after John Krasinski. You took my role. Oh, that's true. That's what true. A, what a pity. What, what a pity. Hours. It's almost like Alec Baldwin wasn't available to do it, so they had to pick somebody Darn, better. Darn, I really want to see Alec Baldwin in more movies. <laughs> so that was Hunter in October, and then it's 
Hatred Game, then uh, Fear and Present Danger, and then after that one... Some of All Fears. Yeah, which with, is Ben Affleck. With Ben Affleck. An even and worse upgrade you didn't Jack know about Ryan, this, did you? Chris Pine. All Fears. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. I'm confusing them. Who was the one that Tom Cruise plays? That's Jack Reacher. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, Jack Reacher. <laughs> and Ethan Hunt. Also played by Chris Pine, though. Yes, so that's yes, yes. The yes, sorry, so the Jack... Ra- so the, okay, the, so there's Jack Ryan and, and Jack, Jack Reacher. Yes. Jack Reacher was the one based off of the comic book character is supposed to be really tall, which Tom Cruise is not. Yeah. And then played by not the other really tall person, Chris Pine. <laughs> and also played by Chris Pine. Yes. Chris Pine does play Jack... Ryan. Ryan at one point, hence why there's this crossover and yeah. how the two lines that, that was a terrible remake movie directed by Kenneth Branagh in like 2013. Okay, I don't remember. So, so, so basically, it's Hunt for October was the first movie, yeah. right? With Alec Baldwin. Yeah. Patriot Games, Clear and Present Danger with Harrison Ford. Yes. Some of All Fears with Ben Affleck. Yes. We had the uh, terrible Jack Ryan remake with Chris Pine as Jack Ryan, Honestly, which was called more... Shadow Recruit. It was really yeah. Cool. It right. felt more like a Mission Impossible film, to be honest. It was it was just it was just a bad, boring movie. It just wasn't really okay. interesting. And then we and then and then we have and then we have and then we have the TV series that's on Amazon Prime right now with John Krasinski playing Jack Ryan and Jack Reacher is a completely different character played by Tom Cruise. Right. Okay. Back and to back to Harrison Ford. <laughs> Thank you for the, coming to the Jack Reacher podcast. The Jack Ryan podcast. <laughs> you took my role. <laughs> I want my family back. We'll come back to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. No, keep going. Yeah, okay. keep just going. So, next movie was um, Presumed Innocence. Um, yeah, I so, I really like this one because rather than all the other movies have a bit of action, this one's more of a psychological thriller. So, in this movie, Harrison Ford is a prosecutor um, who ends up getting accused of murdering one of his colleagues, um, a woman who, um, a woman he was, um, had an intimate relationship with while he was married. So, uh, but the, pa- but the wife knew and is okay with it now. Okay. Um, but it's kind of, it's, it's very interesting because like we get, like we don't know exactly what the nature of the relationship was. Um, we, it's revealed to us slowly in the movie through flashbacks. Um, and what I thought was very interesting in this movie was seeing Harrison Ford, um, being like, he's like in all the other movies, like he's an action hero. So he's very, um, emotional, confrontational, but in this movie, he's very, um, calm, non-confrontational, very, like analyzing the situation on how to best, um, prove his innocence. Um, so in this movie, his, um. So his um his de- the defense attorney is played by um Raul Julia um who does like a they play off each other really well like they're both discussing how to um like like he wants like for example he wants to um he wants to give testimony um because he believes that if the jury hears himself say he didn't do it that that'll give him more credibility but but um, his the defense attorney is worried that. Him doing that will give the prosecution a chance to ask him something that will incriminate himself. Um, so it's Prequel like that kind of fugitive. Pardon? Prequel to the fugitive. Uh, I actually don't. I don't think. So. No, no, she, no, no, she's just joking. joking. Okay, she's <laughs> joking. She's joking. Yeah, it's not actually. Yeah. No, 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 no. Just because the fugitive is on the run, so this is him yeah, being like yeah. accused oh. of the crime. 
Sort of yeah. like how everybody thinks mm-hmm. that Malcolm in the Middle is like a prequel to Breaking Bad. But, oh or, yeah, sorry, a sequel. Well, where he's, he's put he's put the witness protection and yeah. turns into Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> so, oh, that's an interesting. You guys theory, know, no, you guys know don't that. haven't heard that theory. Oh, that was pretty. I'm even, also not a Breaking Bad person. Though. Oh, that's I don't right. Like either of those. So okay. okay, well, I've, 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 guys, I've found the two people that don't like Breaking Bad. Okay, anyways, continuing. I'm just kidding. I know. It's boring. It's not boring. It's so bad. It's one of the best written shows ever. If it takes two seasons of your show to take off, it's not a good show. Anyways, moving on back to Harrison Ford. Yeah, so so he does a great job in this movie because like he's um, you know like he's um. Like he's married to his wife. He has a kid. He's very um concerned about um, how this is gonna look to the to the jury. He wants to make like he he wants to try to um, appeal to them, but he also doesn't want to. Um, look guilty um, on the other but at the same time though as we're slowly revealed these flashbacks and we learn facts from the case it um... sorry <laughs> but yeah so as this plot slowly revealed as you begin to like lose confidence in him it's kind of like is he um, like could he be doing like maybe he did do it just close the door yeah we're good just close the door <laughs> Our neighbor just had to go cough for a moment. She's back. <laughs> it was highly distracting for all of us. <laughs> Continue, Jordan. Okay. I'll, I'll just start again. Yeah, so I, the problem is, though, is that as, we, as we're as we slowly shown these flashbacks and we learn more about what actually happened, more evidence um, like appears or disappears in some cases, it's like you, learn, you begin to think maybe he actually did do it. So it's kind of like... Um, like you want to believe him, but like as as you learn more about the case, it be kind of becomes more up in the air. And I think he does a very good job of maintaining like his um, his non-confrontational, cold attitude. Suddenly begins to like work against him, where it's like, oh, maybe he actually could have done it. Um, so I won't spoil what happens. It's a, it's a very interesting movie. I recommend it to everyone. Cool. That's one I haven't seen. I haven't seen that one either. Yeah, that's I, there's a, the famous poster of it has like him like just making out the woman's mm-hmm. breasts, like you know, just on the table, <laughs> oh. like just you know, because there's a scene. That, that like, was. Yeah, yeah. That he was also. Yeah, no, no, seriously, but that, that it was. That's like literally like the poster that I'm looking at right now. And actually, one thing he also has like a short monologue at the beginning and end of the movie that I think, um, like like at the beginning, like it, I think his monologue at the beginning about how like the jury has to decide like what happened and what oh, okay. did it or else we won't the know the truth. The burden of proof is on the jury. <laughs> yeah, like it, it, it very much sets the tone for this movie and like, and then once you see the ending and he does the, mo- like, he does the monologue again, it's like, it, it's, it's very well done. So it's kind of like they're put, focusing on the courtroom where I was like with 12 Angry Men, they focus mm-hmm. it in on the jury. Like that yeah. kind of like they're still, it's all, burns on the jury, <laughs> but like they're looking at the different sides of what yeah. he's looking at. It's also very interesting because like he's, Usually, because he's a prosecutor, so he's usually on the other side. Oh. And even the defense attorney he 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 um, hires has said, like, you know, like we played against each other all the time, and now we're oh. allies. So it's also very interesting to see because like he's thinking of it from a prosecutor, he's thinking from a defense attorney. So that's why they play off each other really well and trying to plan how to best um, talk, to, um, appeal to the jury. Um, so like a really good movie. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah. So now that we've calmed down a bit, I'll just quickly back to Patriot Games. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, very good movie. Um, um, he's um, 
like in the scenes with like with his family um he's very emotional um he's i guess his I, like i don't know if this is supposed to be like everyone can this can tell me about his character like he seems like a very um at least from what i gathered he's like um he acts based on emotion sort of like he just kind of acts mm -hmm. without thinking first at least that's how it seemed to me mm -hmm. um even one of the other cia agents says that like he's not fit for field work he, he's more of an analyst because he just like does things like when he um goes to um talk to the head of the ira at the irish bar and basically threaten him in front of everyone he's like what were you scene. thinking i remember that scene that was really good <laughs> actually in a small note i thought it was interesting to see a movie with a terrorist group that wasn't russian or middle eastern i thought there was yeah it's yes. IRA. yeah yeah which is interesting yeah but yeah he also yeah he was also really great in that movie See, there's always got like a great, like body of work. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, even, definitely. Even, even as small as like *Presumed Innocent* is something I want to see, and you know, and, and all that other stuff like *Witness* is something. I don't think I've actually seen *Witness*, but I do want to watch it because I love yeah. it. I love *Kid Beer*. Yeah, it was director, very so. interesting. Yeah, like very different from his other stuff. So yeah, it's that great. was good to see. That's and great. even all like, all the other movies on like because I short picked this five from what was available to me, but even the other ones sounded interesting. And he's you know, also, the small movies called Star Wars and Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, <laughs> those little indie films that really. Yeah, yeah. Those little nobody archaeologists. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Often All he know. wants is that stupid <laughs> idol. God, I still found the coin. <laughs> yep. You know, blowing everything up like and stealing everything like a good 1930s archaeologist would do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and apparently, there's another. Indiana Jones project coming up that he'll be in. Oh, there always is. They've been they've been delaying that for like five years. Yeah, apparently the current release date now is twenty twenty one. There there was a really funny interview where because the rumor is that Chris Pratt is going to play uh, the new Indiana Jones, yeah. movie. Oh. and um, that's the rumor. And then uh, Harrison Ford was interviewed one time, like it was for like a movie that was coming out last year or something, and they asked him like, so what do you think about uh, Chris Pratt, like you know, potentially playing you know Indiana Jones? He's like, he's like, listen. Nobody's ever heard of Indiana Jones except me. Like he just said that to the interviewer in like the most stern Harrison Ford way, and he's not wrong. But it was so funny just how he said it. Like it was just such a straight answer. He's like, he's like, listen to me. Nobody's gonna be like that. They said the same thing. They wanted Chris Pratt to play Steve McQueen in a biopic. No, that role goes only to Damian Lewis because he can pull it off. Yeah, he was actually good in a small role. He was good. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Um. But Steve McQueen biopic though that'd be a hard that's hard to just I make. would say Charlie Hunnam because he played him really well in Papillon or mm. uh, Damien Lewis no, those are good choices but and they were like oh Chris Pratt and I was like look this is in the same situation the reason that you haven't cast someone yet is because these guys are immeasurable uh -huh. they're so good at what they do that we're going to be talking about it long after the sun explodes yeah so, it's, like, it's like they're never going to remake you know Casablanca or anything like that just well, because they'll try I'm sure oh I'm sure they will well they need to have another propaganda movie because that's just a propaganda movie pretty much but at the same time it Casablanca is just Casablanca was made as a propaganda movie I did not know that yeah so it was yeah. made to support the war to show rah rah America <laughs> made sense it's at that point Hollywood was being used as a propaganda machine mm -hmm. and voila Casablanca which we praise but we forget it's simply propaganda yeah now it's just seems like a timeless romance to us because it's extremely like old fashioned Hollywood romance mm -hmm. movie yeah. so mm -hmm. we take it as such but obviously at the time there's probably some things in it that people at the time were seeing yeah. Um, but it, it, you know, imagine imagine like remaking Casablanca. Like, how is that even feasible? You know? I can't even think of anybody <laughs> off the top of my head. But... So, um, there, yeah. bottom line is Harrison Ford's a great actor. Yeah, and yep, one day definitely. we'll be making biopics about him. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I want my and family we'll... back. <laughs> Chris Pratt. John Tam and Crass Pratt starring in. I can't. I don't want to imagine that, but it's going to happen. Chris Pratt has his roles. A serious role is not his role. Comedy, yes. Yeah. Stupid action films, yes. Yeah, yeah, I saw he, ha- he hasn't proved. Yeah, no. he hasn't proven himself yet as a serious actor because mm-hmm. that happens sometimes. You know, these they'll have these actors that are in these blockbusters, these things, and then they'll do a small serious role. And you're like, hey, they were actually pretty oh, good. Oh, most that. definitely. You know, but I it just hasn't happened yet for him. Did, did anyone see him be... in Passengers by any chance? Oh, that was that was. Yeah, yeah, I, I hated that movie. I watched a great video essay <laughs> on how the movie would be better. Farm. He's mm-hmm. a great farmer. Yeah. My parents love that, and my parents very rarely go to the movies. And they're like, my dad's like, that was like the biggest waste of money. Oscar-winning yeah. actor Andy Garcia is in the movie, and he has no lines. He has no <laughs> I, lines. He's at the end. Oh, right. Remember, he shows up oh, at yeah. the end. Oh, Oscar-winning right. Andy Garcia. They paid him to be in the movie. He has no lines. Anyways. Anyways, shots fired against Chris Pratt. Yes. Um, let's. I do enjoy his comedy stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, shall we move on? Sure, why not? Uh, okay, so I guess I'm next. Um, so I had John Cho this week. Oh, we have Johns. <laughs> yeah, the John's Jacks and Jill show. So we're going to rename ourselves. And uh, how did you react when you pulled his name out of the hat there, uh, Nicole? I was just kind of like, who? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Twitch world For shame. For shame. I can't even say anything, because the only thing I really knew him from was Star Trek. So... Uh, anyways, so so I watched a couple of his movies. Um, so the first thing I watched, I actually wanted to physically hurt myself after or during, I should say. What? Um, so I watched Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, which I <laughs> Why guess. Why did you pick that one? Because that's what he's known for. That is oh, what he is known for. Stoner comedy. Hundred percent his most famous movie. So, um, so that's from two thousand and. He's in the title of the movie. He's, yeah, he's he's Harold. Oh, God. Um, anyways, so I watched that. This movie only plots in about an hour, an hour 20, something oh, like wow. that. I wanted to die in oh. the first five minutes. Oh, come on. Come on. In the first five oh, minutes, on. they make, there's whatever, Kumar cutting his pubes, ha ha, <laughs> funny. Um, they get super stoned, okay, like, whatever, we live in, like, 2019, it's legal in Canada, no one cares, so it's not that original anymore. Like, 2002 or whatever it was. 2004. It was. It's also the United States, so for them, not everywhere it's legal Especially at that time. Yeah. Yeah, so. So, like, I, I understand for the time period, people were like, oh my god, stoners. But, like, it is literally, like, a checkbox of, like, the worst qualities. It's like, hey, let's tell a, let's, let's tell a diarrhea joke. Let's tell, like, a nudity joke. Let's have some weird racist commentary, but it's okay because the person saying it is of that race. So there's a lot of Indian cultural jokes, and I think he's Chinese in this film. Um, or no. I, I'm not actually not quite sure. I think they say he's part of the Asian Asian Cultural Society. Asian so, Cultural Society. Very general. Yeah, so, um, so I'm sorry if they say it. Able to be made today at all. Most definitely not. So the whole plot of this movie is that they both hate their jobs. So Kumar is apparently incredibly intelligent, can pass the MCAT, but wants to do nothing with his life. Harold works to like in a bank or something and hates his job and everyone treats him like trash. And like literally the opening 
of the movie, it literally feels like you're already walking into a movie in progress. Is his boss is talking about how they want to go bang hot chicks on the weekend and don't want to stay late at work. So they pass work off to him, so he has to stay <laughs> You're away. not selling this you movie. You see, I'm already laughing. I'm not trying, I'm already laughing. I'm not trying to it's sell this movie. It's all trash, man. That's why it's good. And I would so argue the exact opposite. Yes. <laughs> send your all trash movies to Jason Rogers. Absolutely. I've already seen Birdemic. I've already seen Birdemic. I've already seen The Room. Can't get me with those. Anyways. And, see, I would rather watch The Room. Because the room at least knows somewhat what it wants to be. Okay. This is like, I don't know what the fuck it's trying to be. It's just a movie for stoners. So the whole plot is that they hate their jobs, they get super high, they see a commercial for White Castle, and then drive to Canada for some odd reason to go to White Castle. (laughs) And it's the misadventures they have along the way, including stopping at their university so they can get weed because Harold is paranoid and throws their weed out the window um they run into the asian cultural society there's some really hot chits that have diarrhea yeah um that's right and a bunch of other shenanigans i guess don't you want to watch it (laughs) the guys in the room are dying of laughter she's selling it so well thanks i think the girls in the room are like I, yeah, I don't know. I'm glad that I could sell it for anybody who has it. Sounds very like super bad. I think, yeah, super bad before super bad. I guess. Well, this movie was made more for just like a stoner crowd. Super bad's actually made like for just teenagers in general. This is made specifically for like people who are probably are high watching the movie. In my opinion, yeah, at least. Um, and there's, by the way, there's two sequels to this. So. Oh, I thought sakes. there was only one. The no, one there's one Tom Bay, and then there's a very Hell of oh, right. Christmas. Oh, right. Oh, and somebody could have picked that if they wanted to the for the Christmas Patrick special. Harris? Well, Neil Patrick Harris is in the first one. Oh, right. Is he, is he on all three Does, of them? Doesn't he show up the white in the white horse in the first one? I thought that was the second one. Oh, okay. okay. I'm pretty Anyways. sure he's in the first one. Well, see, it's so good, Nicole immediately brought it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> was. say. Is that how good the movie was, too? You just forgot Neil Patrick Harris? He's like the best yeah, part of it. I'm not going to make the comments was I was going to make. Any better Patrick movies Harris. that you saw? Um, so, yeah, so that was pretty brutal, but I guess, you know. My you, kind of your mileage will vary depending on what you find funny. Hey, that was his breakout. Um, man, so the only thing that I did laugh pretty hard about is that their roommates are also stoners. Um, so they like tell their roommates that they're going to White Castle at one point, and they leave the room, and one of them turns to the other, and he goes, "So when are they going to admit that they're gay for each other?" <laughs> and that was the only thing that made me laugh in the whole movie. Okay, I'll give you that one. And, and like that was about like the the best chuckle I had. The rest of it I was just kind of like, uh, and I'm pretty my cringe level is pretty high, and so like to yeah. get over my cringe level, um, you have to be doing a pretty impressive feat. You have the ridiculously high cringe level over in corner A with Nicole, and then back over to me, I have a zero cringe level. It takes a long to get everything. Just just to check, by the way, he is uh, titled as a Korean American office worker. Okay, Korean. Just there we go. Thank Which you. makes way more sense because I believe he actually is Korean. Yeah, he thing. is Korean. So, yes. yes, I just wasn't sure if they established that or not. Right. Um. Anyways, so yeah, that was. A time and place in the early 2000s Mm -hmm. when we weren't sure what we were doing in film. Um, Or in life. Or in life. Um, So moving on. So the next movie I picked uh, was... I kind of... I never actually heard this movie before. It's called Columbus. Um, So it was from 2017. um, And 
it has John Cho as our lead, and basically he's um, an architect, or sorry, no, he's a son of an architect, and his father is ill, and he's basically come home to take care of him, and it takes place in Columbus, Ohio, and he meets this young woman um, who they kind of meet by accident, and she kind of becomes a way his friend and his tour guide for the city, so she's obsessed with architecture, and she kind of takes him around the city, and they just kind of talk about their lives, and it's a really kind of interesting contrast, because she's in a similar situation. I remember that movie, because it was playing at TIFF, and was it always in Cinema 5? I don't the remember this one. one. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. I saw it in Cinema 5. Um, <laughs> I did see that. I, and I just... I, what I did find interesting was the contrast. So they become friends, and it's interesting because he feels like taking care of his father is a burden because his father was never there for him. And she's in a similar situation, so her mother became addicted to meth and has recovered. Um, and But now she feels like she has to take care of her and doesn't want to leave. So she doesn't want to leave to go to university and do anything and it's a kind of introspective look at their relationship. Um, so something that was very different, the one thing I would say about the movie is that there was a kind of blink and you miss it, sort of, I guess, falling action in the movie. It isn't really obvious, mm-hmm. like, when the change happens, why she suddenly changes her mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did have to kind of go back and rewatch that section because I was like, oh, like, wait, she changed her mind. Um, so that was a bit... I did, right? yeah. No, it's really good. Like, it's obviously like a 360 from Harold and Kumar and go to White Castle. Uh, it's a very, it's a movie that sort of sneaks up on you because it's just quietly doing its own thing. And it's, a, but it's just like, yeah, this is interesting. You're just sort of into it for some whatever reason. It's really interesting what they're talking about. It's just literally like two people. Yet it doesn't fall into the cliche of them like just banging, falling in love no. or something like that. It's just them being friends, having a connection, a bouncing stuff off of each other and mm-hmm. healing through that process. Yeah. It's really interesting. That's why I was very surprised when I saw it. I was really interested in it. And uh, yeah, I saw it. I was like, wow, that was really interesting. I don't know why, but it was really interesting. And you know, it like, has a Culkin in it. It has one of Macaulay Culkin's brothers. Oh, that's right. I've, I've kind of grown <laughs> over the last couple of years. I've been seeing them more and more in movies. Um, and yeah, he's also kind of wonderful in it. kind of a quirky sidekick. Uh-huh. Um, so what else did I see? Um, so I saw Searching. Um, oh, God. 2018. I didn't see that. I wanted to see um, that. So, so this is the second time I saw it. I saw it on the plane to Ecuador a couple months ago. Um, but uh, so this one is kind of, I guess, kind of like there's almost like found footage sort of style. So it's mostly mm. takes place through a computer screen. Mm. Um, and mm. John Cho plays a father. And he kind of looks like he has, like, the ideal, I guess, single father life. He has a really smart daughter. She's super, like, talented. She plays piano. She has good grades. And she goes missing, kind of from one day to the next. And the movie kind of revolves around him finding out more about his daughter than he thought. So he -hmm. finds out, for example, that she hasn't been going to piano, that she's been taking the money he gives her and storing it away in a bank account, Mm -hmm. and that she, like, bought a car secretly... And 
So it's like all this sort of um, like hacking into her accounts and talking to her friends and like she doesn't really have friends apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was. I'm usually not very fond of these like shaky cam computer things. Like what was it? Unfriended that horror version. Oh, I didn't even. Know that. Sorry. They look like they look like garbage. I'm like, wow. They can't even. They can't even bother to put up another camera. They're just gonna put it on a screen. Yeah, it's like on Skype. <laughs> on Skype and just make the movie even that way. Let's make it. Let's make it cost five thousand instead of ten thousand. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think as far as like quote unquote that genre of movie goes, um, it was pretty interesting. I it didn't mm-hmm. go the way that I thought it was going to, which is nice. I thought it was gonna end mm-hmm. up in one way and it went completely different um and yeah i feel like he plays a lot of dads i guess more now because i'll be looking at another dad movie in a minute okay um but um yeah i think that was kind of an interesting if you're looking for something kind of fast-paced and if you're Mm -hmm. into tech and you like that kind of vibe yeah, what, what, what's the name of the movie again? Uh, Searching. Searching, okay. Yeah. So Came out last year. There was a big hubbub about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was pretty good. Yeah, because the plot sounds kind of similar to Presumed Innocence, which I really enjoyed. So yeah. I'm check that one out <laughs> Presumed Innocent on Skype, basically. <laughs> basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was kind of an, an interesting little find. Mm. Um, and then I also took a look at... Um, I did a little Star Trek, obviously. So J.J. Abrams from 2009, I believe. Have you seen it before? Yeah, uh, well, I've seen it before, yeah. So I saw it in theaters when it came out. Okay. And then I recently rewatched it. Mm. And I'm usually the type of person that, if it's a trilogy, I usually like the first and like the last and don't really like the middle. And I think this is the same with Star Trek. Um, I like a good origin story, so I like being like, how do we get the band together sort of vibe. Okay. <laughs> um, and, I, yeah, so uh, John Cho plays Mr. Sulu, um, and I think he's he's great in that. He's very, like, stoic and kind of, like, in control, but um, I would kind of wish there was more of him um, in the movie, but he, I think he's very kind of well-placed for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also like him as an actor. I find that especially as a Korean actor, he he refuses to be typecast. So yeah, that's great. He's just very <laughs> venturous in what he does. So he's in space, he's in horror, he's done a lot of horror and sci-fi recently, I guess. But mm-hmm. like he's, he does dramas, and a lot of the representation when he's dramas, he's a Korean man playing a Korean man, which <laughs> um, when a lot of times he doesn't even speak Korean, um, which mm-hmm. I think is wonderful. Um, in Star Trek, I think he's a good part of an ensemble cast. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, in the third one, they, they made Sulu gay, right? Yes, that's right. Um, which I think was one of his choices, yeah. or he put it up It wasn't it really as noticeable as they kept making it out to be, yeah. which I think no. is a massive failure in it. Like, okay, here's a picture of you and your husband and your daughter, and your daughter jumps into your arms. But if you didn't know to look at it as a gay relationship, it could have been like, his brother looking after his daughter because they don't really kiss or anything. It's not very Just noticeable. Just bros being bros. Well, yeah. Yeah. there's sort of a shot where like they look and he very much like embraces him. I took it immediately as they're a couple, but I guess obviously other people could think that they're just family members. But yeah, um, yeah, it's not really brought into that much. It's just sort of there for the sake of being there because like you know George Takei mm-hmm. played Sulu was gay so mm-hmm. why not make the character gay? That's just a no brainer. It makes yeah. sense. It's Star Trek. It's the future. Everything's mm-hmm. fine. You know so. Yeah, but I agree. They could could they have done more with it? Sure. Yeah, I think it depends on the culture too. Like whether you are 
I think for certain cultures, like people are going to be like, oh yeah, that means you're gay, they hug. And then other cultures that some of us are a part of would be like, so that's normal every day with anybody you know. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, I think it is Which like means I, they're all gay. Not that some of the priests in these, uh, you know, churches there, anyways. Um, but I think also though it is kind of a big step because of the Korean, um, like I guess in Korean culture it's probably less less well received. Um, so I know it's subtle and small, but it's it, something. Yeah, it is something. <laughs> Hopefully for the next one when they make a big deal about, oh, we got a gay character. Like, you know, kind of like how they did in Discovery before Discovery went downhill. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Shots fired at Star Trek Discovery. Okay, you know you're screaming. <laughs> no, I'm not going to lie. This, the, I love the Star Trek series. I've watched all of the series. Discovery mm-hmm. still doesn't know what it wants to be, which is what annoys me. Yeah. Oh, something. most definitely. Yeah. Pick something. Pick something to do and do it. It's like it's like they've taken two seasons to maybe get where they want to go to now, and like, why didn't they just start like that? I don't get yeah. it. Yeah, anyways, it's a whole thing. <laughs> um, anyways, Continuing on. Um, so the last thing I looked at was uh, the Exorcist TV series. Oh, okay. Um, so he's the lead uh, protagonist in season two of the series, um, and again, like I said, playing a dad figure. So he's a dad, and he has like like six or seven adoptive kids. Oh, wow. um, that he had with his wife who unfortunately passed away um, so this is sort of i guess in many ways uh, a sister sequel to the original movie um it kind of exists in the same timeline and um, you have ben daniels and alfonso Hera. they are lead priests and basically um this season actually i i kind of always um i'm upset they can't do the series this is really well done um and by the second season they develop the characters a lot more um, so this one kind of takes place like um, he has like a house on an island sort of and he lives there with the kids mm-hmm. and um, obviously you know being the exorcist demons become involved and he becomes possessed um, over the length of this season wow. um, and they do a good job of like you know the horror elements of the possession and things mm-hmm. like that there's an incredibly creepy child in this season so we're like it's me on the ghost children mm-hmm. like not a fan <laughs> Um, creepy ones in the first one. No, no, no. But Even this, worse. This is like a little girl with a bag over her head and like running around and like trying to creep people out. Great. Like, Hell to the no. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but he's really great in this. And um, just to kind of see the, the, I guess, the progression of the, the infection of the possession, um, he he's like a very good lead in this. It's kind of nice to see a kind of, I guess, more people of color in horror movies that aren't being killed like five minutes mm-hmm. um and yeah he does a really good pairing off of with daniels and alfonso there um and yeah i highly recommend the series kind of on the se- one of those series i really regret that got canceled because mm. i thought they were going to a really good place was it after the second season or? It, uh yeah it got canceled after uh season two, two yeah so oh, they finished okay. season two and they were do- they were leading up to something really big and they were like yeah they're not gonna renew it i was like you guys suck there's some great shows out there that get canceled after like you know one or two seasons. And yet some of the worst series keep going. Well, no, because the worst series keep going because the people who are fifty and over don't press the channel because they still have cable, right? So they don't they don't press the channel turner. So they're always on channel three. Anything that's on channel three, but watch Grey's Anatomy what season twelve. That is fascinating. My grandmother is like show hoppers. She's like watching like seven things. I'm like, can you please stop watching yeah. like fifteen <laughs> shows? And then I'm like going. Well, they're basically the shows that go for a while end up basically becoming soap operas. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, um, like, you know, like, The Walking Dead and stuff that's been going on for fucking ever. And yeah. then, you know, and Grey's Anatomy is another one. Yeah. NCIS and is still going. Like, okay. all these, you know, all the... And She's I, a fan. I know you're a fan, but yeah. I'm saying, like, but, like, but, 18 like, seasons. But, that one needs mm-hmm. to... The problem with that is because it can keep bringing other people in. Like, they brought Ziva back for a bit. Like, there's... You know why they're around. You act like we know who these people are. I'm just oh, okay. I'm just <laughs> I, honestly, I don't know. I know, CSI I went on for forever with Ted Dance yeah. and Virgo. Like, you know, all these shows go on forever okay, because yeah. there's still an older crowd that we're not in, obviously, that still it's watches this stuff. It's not the 50 plus, it's the 30s and 40s because yeah. if it's 50 plus, the show gets canceled. Like, one after the show I really like, now that I can't even remember the name, which is depressing, it was literally they made a quick about it, like, oh, if only we were in the 18 to 56 range, we would have stayed. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. I, read, I read that article, but yeah, I don't remember the show either. Oh, man. Yeah. I'll have to look it up again. It's it was weird great. what dynamic they took oh. the game for. Because I remember Constantine got canceled because it was popular with mm-hmm. women and not with men. Yeah. And they're like, okay. They like, also stupidly put it against Blue Bloods. You don't put a new show against Blue Bloods. <laughs> never watched an episode never, of Blue Bloods. Never watched episode of that show. My parents love yeah. that show. Yeah, it's See, my love that show. Want. My parents love that show. Yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot of these shows. My yeah. parents love that show. Yeah. The few yeah. episodes I did watch with them, I, I thought. And these shows really are ground these shows are groundbreaking when they come out. But like after Afterwards, like yeah. after it's just beating a dead horse it's like it's time to go away. Please. Go away. Like the supernatural dead horse. Okay. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Supernatural was another one. Um, but yeah, I highly recommend it. I like season one's a little bit slower. The I think season two's great. Mm. Yeah, show was really great in it. Sweet. Yeah. Sounds like you got a really big progression from Harold and Kumar. Almost definitely. Yeah. Harold and Kumar, and he's possessed. Let's see that movie. I mean, those are two opposite ends of the. Harold and Kumar get possessed. <laughs> make it Hollywood. Make it. People will see it. <laughs> people will see anything if they're paying nineteen million dollars today to see Midway, which they did on Friday. They will yeah. see this movie. I mean, look, I love Patrick Wilson, but why is that a movie? Yeah, yeah. Which one's this one? World War Two. Terrible one from the director of Independence Day. Oh. Nick Jonas. Oh, no. Woody Harrelson. It's actually bad. Don't cry on that one. See it. Uh, it looks so awful. Terrible. It looks horrendous. I love. We love our history It's not a good historical. Okay, never mind. No, no, it's it's butchering history. Yeah. Like like like, like it's like like Roland Emmerich is Michael Bay light. So like oh, he did, okay. he he did Independence Day. Oh, he did twenty twelve. Remember twenty twelve? Oh, and everybody thought the end of the world was coming. And John Cusack rides around yeah, a limo through the earthquake. And that one ten thousand BC that everybody went to see. You know that one that came out of many wow, years ago. stellar career. Anyways, weird. Oh, yeah. but here's the thing: Roland Emmerich also did White House Down, so he gets some points. So, so he gets some points. Independence Day and for White House Down. And, and, he, and he even admitted that he shouldn't have done the sequel because he did direct the sequel to Independence Day, uh-huh. the Resurgence crap movie, oh, God, which I is so bad. It was terrible. <laughs> it's like okay, we got no Will Smith, and half the movie's gone. Yeah. Anyways, um, um, but yeah. So he, I really like his progression as an actor, and I think he's going to be doing great things. So he's in the Two Ferns movie coming up between Two Ferns. And yeah, I think it's already out now. Already, it's out already. Yeah. And he's going to be in the remake of The Grudge. Um, 
Gray again. I mean, which I don't really need. <laughs> but nobody needs. But I guess I good. I guess it's good that they're having. I'm not sure. Is the Grudge Korean in origin? Maybe. Uh, I thought it was Japanese. I, it was Japanese, cause I think the Ringu as well was Japanese, right, yeah. and I think the Grudge was also so Japanese. I it, think it's yeah. at least I guess good to have someone from an Asian culture in an Asian-based monster. Movie. Here's the one problem though. Japanese and Koreans hate each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I am well aware, but That's I'm going to sure be a very, very interesting reception. I'm sure huh. very better than, you know, your cliche... White guy? I was going to say yeah. white girl, but yeah, yeah your cliche <laughs> white girl. And we shall see movie. what happens. Or, or Black Girl in a Horror Movie dies in the first ten minutes. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that was true. Um, so, I think they're trying to expand the number of her eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the good thing has to to succeed. Okay, let's move on. Sam, who did you have? Okay, I got some Vester Stallone. You're way too happy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for those of you who haven't figured it out yet, I love action films. Shut up! <laughs> okay, I like action films. The stupider the better. I love to shut my brain off and just watch ridiculousness. I like to blame my grandmother for that because... You can't blame your grandmother for that. Dude. Totally blame her you for cannot blame your grandmother for that. <laughs> what, what actually was your grandmother watching? Oh yeah, that really exciting 40s her, and 50s movie. Her grandmother okay. actually is really into. So, so like, so disclaimer: Sam's grandmother is like, like as oh, someone, okay. and I just in an older demographic. She will be like, I'll come over to her house and she'll be like, watch this movie where people get their heads blown off. <laughs> of me. And I'm like, okay, cool. Did you like, see that? Right. The car went right through him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah so she actually always reminds me of. So as as you know, we all work at TIFF or affiliated with them. She reminds me of this one time we were showing, um, oh god, we were showing I believe a horror movie. Or no, we were showing Die Hard actually at work uh, before the Fox merger, and so we had a huge crowd of people, and you're we showing some sort of sappy horror romance and Die Hard, and so I was asking people as they come up, like, what are you here to see? What are you seeing? She kind of like walks up in my head. I'm like, oh, she's so cute and she's older. I'm like, I'm sure she's here to see the weird foreign movie. So she comes up to me and she's like, excuse me, ma'am. She's like, I'm here to see Die Hard. I was like, what is she from? from the Oliver musical, apparently? <laughs> <laughs> like, just comes up to you. She was cute. She's the cutest. And she always reminds me of Sam's grandmother. So to answer your question, she's not watching movies from the 40s or 50s, you ages. Yippee-ki-yay, um, motherfucker. <laughs> um, yeah, actually. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah, I believe so it. That's great. One of the first movies I remember watching with my grandparents was 13th Warrior. So if that's not context. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Me and my grandmother will go see like violent movies. It's great. And then for some reason we end up watching like Downton Abbey. It's a very weird dichotomy. <laughs> so, Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> Again, another thing I can blame my grandmother for watching and enjoying. Um, I kind of watched a few films like starting off with his pre-Rocky phase and then moving down into his I'm going to try to direct and write and act all at the same time in Expendables. You mean he did things? You mean he did things before Rocky? Outrageous! I don't believe you! (laughs) (laughs) So the first one... Year before Rocky, uh-huh. called Death Race 2000. Really low budget. I have no idea what the heck I watched. It was weird. It's dystopian. He's like, <laughs> he's like this side character who's the main villain's like 
that guy's not really a villain, but you think he's a villain through the entire thing, except for Stallone actually is an <laughs> asshole. Hooray for being an asshole. It's dystopian film. There was a massive market crash in 1979, and you have a president ruling over the United Protestants of America as a lifelong president called Mr. President. Oh, so it's Hunger Games. As creative. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so this is where Hunger Games got it from. Hey, this was, this was, if this actually, was made before Hunger Games. It is. Like, actually, Hunger Games started from the Japanese Battle Royale. Battle Royale. Well, the movie, the Battle, the movie Royale. Battle Royale. Yeah. Oh, years ago. So this movie is from 1975, for everyone to know. Um, so the average person stuck in extreme poverty so that genius can survive. And yes, they say that. <laughs> I'm The <laughs> race consists of five teams speeding across the United States in three days, and they go and hit people and kill them for points. And whoever passes the line at the end wins all the points. This one's like that terrible mix with that Gerald Butler game. Gamer. Michael C. Hall. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's really violent. It's really bloody. There's it has like a 1980s porno vibe at some points. Really? It's, yeah. Do they have mustaches and beards? Because that's the, the weird thing. Yeah. Like, no, like I mean, like the background, like those weird orange colors. Oh, like the yeah, yeah. The set. Mm. I love how you guys know what a nineteen eighties <laughs> background porn looks like. Uh, you guys are more educated than me on the matter, apparently. Apparently so. Apparently so. Educate Let's, yourselves. Yeah, yeah, you, you, educate yourselves. <laughs> Kids out there, don't educate anyway. yourselves. Don't look that shit up on YouTube. That's not good. If you see a black couch, run. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Well, who's ever, who's gonna get that, or the people that get that, and people don't get that, they're gonna they're gonna wonder for the rest of their lives what that means. Anyways. <laughs> anyway, so moving on. So this race happens every single year. Um, Stallone is basically Frankenstein's main competitor. Frankenstein's guy who's won it twice. He's apparently disfigured, but he's not actually. They removed his mask at one point. Um, with that like whole kill people type thing, um, there's a pretty most of those scenes are pretty gruesome. Obviously, like, the blood's not good, the action part's not good, but, like, you literally see them driving their cars at people. One of the more gruesome scenes is where they have a euthanasia day at a senior's hospital, and they line up all the seniors for Frankenstein's hit. Are you okay? That's hilarious. I'm sorry. That's that's a stupid idea. So, um, Frankenstein decides to not kill them. So... Disclaimer, anyone over the age of 50 is 100 points, so you want to kill seniors. I love how over 50 is considered senior. Yeah. Isn't so, like 65 is usually what's no. considered? Well, also this is like, they're saying that this is the end of the world. Oh, right, so he's dying right? earlier yeah. and stuff. But. I think so they actually... So Frankenstein mm-hmm. doesn't actually kill the doctors, sorry, it doesn't actually kill the seniors. Instead, he turns the car and hits a bunch of doctors and nurses. So this is like a first time glimpse that he's not as evil as you think he is. All while this is happening, you have the Freedom Fighters under the leadership of Thomasina Payne, the descendant of Thomas Payne, who's trying to stop the race and get the president to step down. Who thought this Yeah, so they're calling for the end of the age of obedience. All while the granddaughter of this Freedom Fighter, Annie, is trying to sabotage the Frankenstein's race while sitting next to him and you can just imagine that as the movie goes they're going to start falling in love yeah so that happens um do they get points for that no (laughs) everyone else gets murdered by all the four other drivers end up being murdered by background views yeah by the freedom fighters 
and then Frankenstein at the end becomes president. You don't really see. <laughs> <laughs> So Sorry, two thousand the years of that's just alone. You can't He's on the ballot. see me, but I just gave like the biggest what the fuck. Oh, also, I have one I more. Don't understand? Up. I don't want to watch this. Ready? Here's the next weird part. Great. And and Frankenstein get married. <laughs> <laughs> so Sylvester Stallone is basically an asshole who really, really, really wants to beat Frankenstein. Raced against him before he ever won. He ends up getting killed in a lackluster way. Warning, there's so much violence against women in this thing. They're the only time that people are actually, anyone can make it is women. It's pretty bad. Okay, so it's it's matching his 1980s porn background then. Yeah, yeah except for this is 1975. Um, yeah. yeah, he had to start somewhere. He started. He started. And then they remade the movie too. Like yeah. why? Oh, this was the one. Let's remake this. What a great yeah, idea. I don't know. Um, yeah, it was bad. But then we're going to move on to... The Muppet Show, where he plays himself. <laughs> what, three- what, a, what a U-turn. We go from running people over in Cedar Homes. Hey, it's The Muppet Show with Kermit. Oh. Yeah, so this is three years post-Rocky. And as you can imagine, he was extremely buff, so all the girls loved him. And in this case, all the female Muppets loved him. And that's basically how it kind of runs the entire thing. Is like, everyone wants to come and get his autograph, and they're like, this... Amazing, and where's Rocky? Where's Mr. Sylvester? Where's Stallone? That is basically the whole entire thing. There's one part that I was dying. It's literally in the intro. Kermit says, Stallone's here, and then he goes, like, the next number is a Hawaiian dance party uh, with a traditional Hawaiian song. And then one of the female Muppets come up, Is Stallone going to be wearing a grass skirt? And he's like, No, he's not even in that number. They play a lot about him, like, being buff and. <laughs> punching punching bags. The punching bags actually sentient and is very happy that he got punched. It's <laughs> disturbing. Isn't, isn't people being in love with Muppets? Isn't that that weird one that came out last year with Melissa McCarthy or whatever? Yeah. Oh god. The uh oh what they, 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 they couldn't call it the Muppet oh. something. What did they call it? I can't so, even remember. I can't even remember. I just uh, yeah. It, it was bomb, like that yeah. hard like true crime. Oh, yeah. It bombed so badly and I laughed so hard at the trailer and Happy Time Murder. Happy yeah. time murder. So this is the reverse, where all the Muppets are in love with specifically only Stallone. <laughs> That's one of the cases uh, where the trailer is actually funny in the movie for the Happy Time Murders, because I laughed so hard at the trailer. Oh yeah, I, the I, trailer looked great. And then I heard the movie was and so then bad. I saw it. I didn't then, even bother seeing it. I heard it was I heard it was awful. I didn't see it in theaters. <laughs> I didn't bother. Yeah. That yes. one scene in the, at the end of the first trailer, I laughed so hard at every single time. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. Oh, not PG thirteen. No, no, we, we can't. Even I, we don't even want to say it on here for risk. Anyways, just yeah. Yeah, it, it's Conti- great. Continuing um, on. Yeah, so that was the Muppet Show. Like you can't really rate Muppet Show episodes. They're pretty good. And well, to you, Th- there might be some people out there who hate the Muppets, Sam. You have no okay, idea. Okay, like, but you can't really say you either love her. She's just done. like that's not possible. You know what? <laughs> that's not, not possible. It's not compute. <laughs> I can't. I can't wait for her to be like, oh, it's like with Jim Henson, and somebody be like, who? <laughs> Your heart will just shatter to. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Actually, my heart will shatter a bit, so please don't do that. Um, like, Jim Henson is my childhood. Who? So, <laughs> shut up. Send your Jim Henson dislike to Sam at. Rude. So, moving on, um, actually getting into a serious role for Sylvester Stallone was Copland. I don't know who suggested this one, but thank you. I believe that was Jason. Go, Jason. So, this film is super, super tough. Um, it is a film noir about like racism, police 
brutality, police corruption, domestic abuse. That's only in the first 15 minutes. So you can imagine how bad it gets. But the acting of Stallone is really, really good. I was surprised. I didn't think he could actually act that well. I just enjoy him being stupid. So hooray for him being a good actor. So it's a hard-hitting uh, film. It's years before Black Lives Matter even starts, but you have those type of undertones. It starts off with a drunken cop driving home from the bar. Um, he interacts with a couple of black teenage boys in a car who are just racing and being average teenage boys who get their car and are like, yeah, let's speed through the city. It's normal. Everyone has that moment. However, this cop is drunk, doesn't understand what he's doing, and then to top it all off, his car tire explodes. So here he thinks he's been shot at. So he ends up taking out his gun, being a drunken idiot, and shooting these boys to death. The imp, so you have obviously the police corruption group come in, they are like, oh, we have to protect him, da da da, and um, they end up trying to plant a gun on these kids in the car, saying that, like, oh yeah, they died because they had a gun, but the ambulance driver sees it and calls him out on the bullshit, and what happens is we think this cop jumped off the bridge. Not going to spoil it, but watch the rest of the movie and see actually what's happening behind the scenes. On the sidelines, we have Sylvester Stallone's character. He's in a city in New Jersey called Garrison. It's basically an area where all the cops, all the corrupt cops, have come over to move out of the city in order to have like a safe home. But they've made it that through corruption. Mm. They enabled... Uh, Stallone to become a sheriff of this area simply because he couldn't become a cop because he was missing um, part of his hearing from saving a girl from underwater from a car crash. So he is disheartened that he never became a cop. He's no longer that hero that he thinks he was and is basically dealing with some pretty severe PTSD and depression for the entire movie. He keeps having flashbacks to that time when he was better and Robert De Niro's character comes over and is like, hey, we're trying to get rid of these corrupt cops. I know that you know that are bad. I know you have the evidence of that. Help us out. He doesn't necessarily do that originally, but throughout the movie, he feels more and more compelled to do something. You can see his character art, how he's going through the issues, and he actually figures out how to deal with that, which I found was very different, a different way of looking at the issue, and pretty far forward from its time considering it's 1997 honestly watch the movie it's really interesting unless you have any issues with that type of content be aware there is police brutality there is racism there is corruption mm. and it starts right from the get-go of the movie it's pretty interesting really good social commentary and really good acting and a decent cast yeah written and directed by james mangold who mm. has done a lot of big stuff that you guys know like walking the line <laughs> Ford vs. Ferrari and Logan. Ford vs. Ferrari, I'll give you that. Walk and Logan. And Logan. And he also did. He also did that other movie, The Wolverine. That was sort of the in-between weird phase where they were trying to figure out what to do with it. Yeah. He did that one, um, but then it ended up working out for Logan. Is that the one in Japan? Yes. That was really bad. And then he did. Uh, yeah. So he's he's done quite a few good things. And Copland was one of his first movies. He also because he also did Girl Interrupted and stuff oh, like that. Oh, sweet. So, yeah. So, so he's very he's a very talented. Writer and director. So, yeah. 
So they managed to get Stallone to be a serious actor, which is pretty awesome. Um, and is there, it's, um, is it Harvey Keitel, Ray Liotta, De Niro as well? Yeah, right? like, it's a, it's a big, big cast. It's a really good cast. Like, yeah. It's insane how well they work together, that they were able to get them all to work. Yeah. It was not a cast that I would have assumed for a really hard-hitting movie about this type of topic, just because, like, mm. it's Stallone. You don't yeah. expect to get an amazing performance. You just expect to have some mindless time of just an action film. But hmm. it was a nice go-between, I guess. Yeah. And then I that. moved on to the fever dream that is Spy Kids 3D. Blockbuster <laughs> <laughs> Central. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. Like the movie that was, is really good. It's a fever dream. It's probably yeah. an amazing cast. Like, not going to lie. Like, you got Alan Cumming. You have uh, Sylvester Sloan, George Clooney. Who else is in it? Sorry, uh, Wood. Sorry, buddy, about the two kids. Yeah, no, the two kids are in there, yeah. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm just the kidding. The main ones got yeah. Selena Gomez. What are, like their five year old. what are their names? What are their names? Nobody I'm knows the Spy Kids uh, names. Oh, oh, Nobody. Oh, oh, I, do I don't know this. them. I do know them. I have no idea who they yeah, are. I'm just gonna. You look it up, of course, because we don't know who the Spy Kids are. Because that's all they did. They did nothing else with their life. So I remember. She was from Dancing with the Stars. Oh yeah, that's doing something with your Yeah, so is and he was in John Carter. So's the former White House Chief of Staff. He's on Dancing with the Stars. No, no, no. But she, she and her husband were on Dancing with the Stars a couple seasons ago. Anyway. And she's a little Hallmark. And we still don't know what their names are. I'm getting there. Yes, I said it. Right. You over talking to me. So Alex Hannah Vega, Daryl uh, Sabara. Yeah, it's a, yeah. I think for Junie. Yeah, yeah. I always find it funny that say Junie. Um, you have Antonio Banderas pops up for of a course. few seconds. Mm-hmm. Ricardo, uh, help me pronounce his last name properly, Montalban. So the guy who played Khan, the original Yeah, I was about to say Khan, yeah. Yeah. Khan! Montalban? Yeah, Montalban. Yeah. We apologize. Yeah. He's a grandfather. He actually has a much larger role than he had in Spy Kids 2. He's basically in it through the whole entire movie. Like, you have Bill Paxton in it for a bit, like... <laughs> My boy. Um, yep. Steve Buscemi. My boy again, times two. Yeah, like, it's a fever dream. Even Elijah Woods in it for, like, a hot two seconds. This is three... This is, like, the same year as the third movie of The Lord of the Rings came out. Return of the King comes out, and then you have him How did Spy like Kids? In Spy Kids. How did Spy Kids not get nominated for Best Picture? I know. With all these great actors. I mean, like, I, it's seriously just a fever dream of nonsense. Oh. And like mm-hmm. Stallone's playing seven characters. I love the, I love <laughs> the scene. And five different versions of himself. I remember the scene when I was like a kid. I remember, you know, the the voice by kids, because who cares what his name is, we're not gonna remember. Um, where he's, where he's, 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 he's driving, he's driving, we're not, we're not, we're not, guys, we're going to tell you the name, you're going to forget about it tomorrow. Anyways, so we're driving along with the motorcycle, truth hurts, kids, you will be forgotten about. Uh, he's driving, he's driving along with the motorcycle and he has the, he has the fist or whatever that comes out and it's like towards the camera a whole bunch of times. Oh yeah. And I'm just like, it's in 3D, it's in 3D. And did you know? It's in yeah. 3D. Like, I'm like, okay, I get it. I, get I remember it. Yeah. when I saw the movie in theaters because it was one of the first 3D <laughs> yeah. movies. The, yeah. Not the entire oh movie's God. not in 3D, so you had to keep turning on and oh, taking yeah. off. Yeah. Right. Right. The movie. Didn't you oh, say your right. was scared of it or something uh, like that? I or he, he would just... He um, caught off guard because like they do have like they do those like those jump yeah like, like not jump scare but like just like the effect because yeah it's, like, it's definitely like a 
period of time, like, they're really trying to figure out how to use 3D in a different <laughs> way. So, like, they'll just jump 3Ds instead of just, like, making you feel immersed in it. Yeah. Which is useful for the time. The weirdest thing is I watched it on DVD, and it said, attention, unfortunately, this movie is no longer available in 3D. So I was like, okay, What's sure. the point of the movie, then? <laughs> like, you can see the points when you're watching yeah, it, but, I guess. like, it would have been 3D, but it was just very, very yeah. weird. So a fun and fact. And Selma Hayek's in it too. I forgot about her. So a fun as fact. Like a pigtail one person. There's a couple of interesting facts apparently about oh this God. movie. Yeah. Um, so this was the last movie that Ricardo Montalban did before he died. Funny enough. That was oh my God. Yeah. So interesting fact there. But for this is the first movie that Selena Gomez ever appeared in. So you're right about that. Yep. And George Clooney scenes. Still can't act. Still can't act. 100% agree. George Clooney's scenes were shot in one afternoon in his own living room in a suit, jacket, t- shirt, tie, and pajama pants. Yeah, because he's just the president. You see his. Yep. Torso, shot it in his house, and then at one point he literally transitions into Stallone. <laughs> like I will have to say, like as a movie that's a got a really messed up script, his parts were entertaining because he's literally this insane guy who has multiple personality <laughs> disorder talking to himself, and it's played on as a joke. It was actually kind of funny his scenes. Like the other part of the movie, I'm like, wow, this is a fever dream, but like he kind of just made it hilarious as you went through and then so like the last movie i saw was it's getting closer to the current time period which is the expendables like okay Mm. it is what it is it's a stupid action film with a bunch of old part action stars right i freaking love it okay i prefer (laughs) the second and third only time you hear me say that but the first one, they're really establishing the characters. You had to get rid of a couple of them. But it's cool. Like, I enjoy it mm. for what it is. It's funny. It's stupid. You have, like, the likes of Jet Li, Dolph Lundgren, Kultur, Austin, Cruz, Mickey Rourke, Schwarzenegger, Willis, Stallone, and, of course, Statham. Like, it's insane how yeah. many people they managed to get into this movie. Absolutely. It, it's, it's, yeah. No, The Expendables is built to bring people in for the old school action yeah, movies. Yeah, and it's funny. Yeah. Like, it is what it is. You're not looking at oh, yeah. grade A cinematography. No, no, no. no. Yeah. It's stupid. It's got great action scenes. Jet Li's hilarious in his role. It, it's funny. I enjoy it. Yep. And basically, as you go through the three movies, you have Statham and Stallone basically becoming the parents of the entire crew. Mm. Where <laughs> right. Stallone's the dad and Statham's the mom. And that's basically it. And you're going like, what's going on? It's insane. But in this one, uh, the frog basically they're a misfit group of mercenaries who are just going to try to, they've been told by one person who is named Church. They don't tell you what organization he's with at all until later. And they're like, go to this place, Vilvania, Vil- we have there's a dictator there who's messing over the country. So they go, they check it out. Lo and behold, they're not really sent there for the dictator. Like, you know, the United States doesn't care about the dictator. They care about their rogue CIA agent. See, these are the people who are going to do your all your issues. And let's get rid of, like, the FBI trope. Right. Let's bring in the CIA trope. No, let's get rid of the CIA trope. But <laughs> it's pretty accurate to real life where the CIA is running everybody from a distance. So... Church is Willis. He wants you to get rid of them to get rid of this wonderful, bad CIA person. Mm-hmm. They can't go on themselves, so let's sacrifice a team of misfits mercenaries. And mm. yeah, there's like a lot of violence in this one. A lot of weird stuff. A lot of calling out the CIA on being a bunch of bullshit idiots, which I kind of loved. 
Um, it's stupid. It's great. Hmm. Um, oh, and there's a great little tiny cameo scene with Arnold Schwarzenegger just kind of hanging out with Bruce Willis and Stallone <laughs> going like, Oh, yeah, that's right. Idiots. That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember that scene. They just they just come up to each other just so they could put them on the poster, basically. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, he's not even on the poster. Oh, no? No, um, he's not even, like, on IMDb, they don't even credit uh, Schwarzenegger in it. Oh, so it's a surprise, so, I guess. Like, so that's good. uncredited. Yeah, that's nice. So it's pretty interesting. Like, obviously, he'll have a bigger role in the later ones. But what it is, it's decent. It's funny. It, I really like um, one scene where they call out domestic abuse. Hmm. Which was really good. I think that it's nice to see a bunch of guys calling it out. Yeah. Mm Because that doesn't really happen. So I thought that was good. Stallone's pulling the triple threat for this one because he's directing, writing, and acting. Probably not the best choice because it's too much to take on for basically anyone. Yeah. It's a lot of Let alone someone who hasn't really done any directing or acting. Sorry, directing or writing since Rocky. Yes. So he has one thing that he's really good at trying to put it onto another thing not the greatest and that's where you can see the weakness in it yeah which is taken over in the later ones where he just writes and acts mm-hmm. leave the directing to someone else buddy it's okay yeah, yeah. you can only do two things you don't need to do three mm-hmm. yeah but that's basically Stallone he's decent at what he does he doesn't need to be like high and everything but like he makes stupid action films that are enjoyable for what they are what's really funny is I was just reading episode one the spy kid stuff and Robert Rodriguez directed that if you don't know who Robert Rodriguez oh, yeah. is, he does family films and then he does hard R rated movies. Yeah. <laughs> so when Spy Kids three came out the same year, Once Upon a Time in Mexico came out. Yes. And then, yes. And then in two thousand five, he did Sin City and then The Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Yeah. In the same <laughs> year. Like this guy like has like some crazy <laughs> thing. He's like, I gotta put out a family movie for my kids and then something that I really want to, you know, really. Actually, want to he talks a lot about that. Have you ever read Rebel yeah. Without a Crew? Yeah. Which is like his early filmmaking stuff. He did everything on his early he films. Did everything. Everything. On his own. No, like literally mm-hmm. of shoestring budget. Yeah. Would yeah. be like, hey, you know how to work a camera? I'm making the movie. I can't pay you shit but believe me it'll pay off one day mm-hmm. and it's just like him getting all these people together and like yeah. making mm-hmm. this movie he's a, a really innovative director yeah he's nuts yeah. he also does his own cinematography sometimes yeah. even his own newer yeah. movies and so. soundtracks yeah yeah sometimes yeah he's crazy honestly like he's got like Rodriguez is just amazing like he can do those ridiculous mm-hmm. like violent films they're awesome they're really well done uh-huh and yet, he knows how to tone it down when it comes to his kids' movies, which a lot of directors and writers, we can know, name a couple of authors who do that, can't. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to turn off the adult thing. Or mm-hmm. they start mixing genres. Like, their kids' mm-hmm. books and kids' movies are, like, way too violent, but their adult books mm-hmm. and films are like, oh, this is kind of boring, and this should have really been a kid's film. Sorry. Or they kidify it too much. And then yeah, they yeah. You were going to say, Jordan? Oh, no, I was going to say, like, I remember watching the... Um, the um, making of Spy Kids too, and they were just talking about all the like cost saving measures they did, like, like in one of the scenes where they're in um, their um, underwater submarine ship, um, they actually only built half of the ship, and then they just green built a giant green screen, and then they would just um, replace, copy the set, and put it there as a cost saving measure. So stuff like that. It was just huh. very interesting to see the different ways they um, were able to save money on the budget. You should really look at like doing a deep dive on some of these really good directors because they Mm -hmm. deserve way more respect than half the time they get. We talk about the actors all the time, but Uh, like mm -hmm. the people who actually made the movie 
cut the scene he made sure that everything was going well mm-hmm. you kind of forget about them like about yeah. the that could be a yeah, good like special yeah. episode maybe in the future put it in the pipe <laughs> put it in the pipe the deep deep dive Okay, so now we're going to pick our picks for next month. Um, so we're going to put them in the big old bingo ball roller and give it a spin. Um, so we're going to pick for Adriana first. So, And she has Jessica Lang. Oh. oh, snap. Okay. <laughs> I remember her. You everybody, well, her? well, no, everybody knows her now, obviously, you know, in American Horror Story, been a, a few times that she's been in that. But. I haven't seen it, so this will be new yeah. for me. It's not up your alley. <laughs> yeah, okay, nothing's up my alley. She was in a lot of, she was in a lot of good movies yeah. before I was born. Uh, <laughs> I think before all of us were born. Yeah, so, anyways. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's give it another shake. We're picking for Jason. Okay. And okay. who do you have, Jason? I got Jackie Chan. Oh, Ooh, nice. yes. Yeah. Can't wait to watch The Drunken Master. I'm so excited. The guy who drinks more has better karate. I mean, come on. Jackie oh, Chan. Okay. Jackie Chan. Okay, so I'm not so. Okay, and I have Graham Greene. Woohoo! Oh, See, Ad- I love him. Ad- 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 Adriana loves a lot of the, uh, the Native American actors, so she she's going to kill you. She's going to kill you. I mean, if she was here, we could yep. have switched. Hey, Jared, it's, all your, it's all your fault. It's all your fault. That you're not here. You could have so, had Graham Greene. You could have. You could have had. Like, he's amazing. Yeah, in he's, all seriousness. He's I'm going to be completely honest. I'm completely uneducated. I've seen so. him yep, you will be. on Stratford. He's, he's very good. He, like, he played Shylock in a play on Stratford. It was absolutely amazing. He's awesome. Okay. It's also in, it. also in Wind River that came out recently. He's very good. Oh, yeah, he's fucking good. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That movie has some issues, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> okay, and then we're going to pick for Jordan next. So, Jordan. Okay, and you have Ruth Nega. Woo! Um, I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's relatively new. She's relatively new. She's pretty yeah. new, yeah. She was in, in Ann Astra that came out. Well, like, yeah, I did enjoy that movie. Yeah, yes. yeah. She, she was the woman at the station that he visits as he's traveling and mm-hmm. yeah. who like calls him out on this bullshit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it'll be interesting. Yeah, you'll see a new person. Yeah, you'll see. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And then we're gonna pick for Sam. And Sam, who do you have? James McAvoy. Yeah. That's a good pick. I was feeling mm-hmm. McAvoy though. He's either really good or it's really not good. <laughs> well, so basically, yeah. I'm going to be somewhat tortured but also extremely happy. So make her, yeah. make her watch Split and Glass. Oh, God. Okay, no, 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 We're not, this is not a wheelhouse-friendly show. Yeah, this is a deep dive on every quality yeah. of thing they have done. So, but you'd have to watch split at least Split, but you can't, uh, yeah. you can't watch Split's actually okay. Split. Oh, well, no, technically she has to watch, what is the first one, the, the Bruce Willis one? Well, you don't really need to, like, because, like, I saw Split without seeing it. Yeah, 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 it's still me. It starts at like the very it's end. It's not a horror. What the heck is it? It's then? a thriller, but it's not okay, a horror. Like, Split's a little bit horrific. Really? A little bit. No. A tiny bit. The opening's yeah. pretty horrific. Anyways, so while they're it's plotting to torture me, I think it's suffering. You have to watch a James McAvoy movie. Oh no! True form of torture. What a mainstream choice. <laughs> okay. How yeah. does one bash your head in? James McAvoy. He's using Cerebro and listening to you right now. Well, yeah. <laughs> torturing me. Anyways, I want my family back. Get off my plane. 
<laughs> Anyways, before we develop into more Harrison Ford impersonations, um, please remember that uh, another thing that we like to do for our picks here is we're all entitled to one deep dive double cross, which means if we really like an actor that somebody else has at our table, we can steal it without their permission. So, not here. Yes, so Adriana, yeah. if she was here, would probably do that to me, but she's not here, so she oh, loses, unfortunately. I'm just going to get the angry text later. I, and, know, it. I know it. And um, we also are all, all entitled to two um, kind of switches, so that basically means that um, so we can't steal the other person's uh, chosen actor, but their names are kind of set aside and put back into the bingo ball for later use. So you might not get them this time, but there's a chance you can potentially get them next time. So we're all entitled to two of those as well. Um, none of us have used ours yet. We're all kind of waiting. Um, I know from our discussion last time that DiCaprio was going to be a big fight whenever uh-huh. he was around. Uh, maybe seen like what three people? Uh, all four of us actually. You're the odd man out. I'm down. Yeah. So there's that's going to be a four way fight, and I think Christian Slater is pretty tight too oh. in the bracket. Um, so wait and see um, to see when we kind of decide to use our chosen pets. Um, anyways, besides that, please check us out on our Facebook page. Um, we're at Hollywood Deep Dive, all one word. Our Instagram is Hollywood underscore Deep Dive. Um, and on our Weebly, where you can read our reviews, which is HollywoodDeepDive.Weebly.com. Yeah, so that's our website where you can see who we are, check out what we're about, and also on the blog, not only do we post our reviews, but anything pr- that we find really fascinating in the Hollywood world. So if you want to hear more about us or you really like one of the movies that we talked about, you can find our reviews up there on the blog section of that page. Yeah, and please give us a like, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies. Um, you know, if you're close. Yeah, if yeah, you're like, your enemies closer. Yeah, and if you're like, hey, I really hate this guy, I'm going to make his life miserable. Send our podcast to him. What a great endorsement. Let me tell you, trying to get ourselves out there, send it if you want to torture people. It's a great idea. The more eyes, the better, and or more ears, the better. Um, so yeah. Let everyone know. Put it on for your dog or your cat, your fish. Um, blast it from your car. Um, yeah. I don't know. If you have access to government files, send it to the prime minister or your president. Um, yeah, spread the word. Yeah, I showed this to my fish. You know what he said? Blub. How'd you know? <laughs> That's what he said. That's what he said. Well, my fish is very inquisitive. He likes to listen to things. So. He just puffs up like an angry ball. Anyways, thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.